The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk, powered by thegorillaposition.com and a proud part of the Roar Network, presented by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network, now in association with IndiePW.com. We're sponsored by CollarAndElbowBrand.com, where you can get 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout, and in partnership with HypeCityVapors.com, where you can get 15% off all your e-juice for your vape by using promo code JKPODCAST. We're found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TB Talk Pod. And you can listen to us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcast, CastBox, and all those other podcatchers out there. As always, I'm Carl Carafel. And I'm Big Joe. And welcome to a Christmas Eve edition yes. of Turnbuckle Talk. Yes, uh, when we were recording, uh, technically today would be uh, Festivus, and then tomorrow will be Christmas Eve, which was when this episode will be coming out. That's right. So, yeah, in honor of Festivus, because uh, I know over uh, on the Heading the Marks, actually on the, the Monday locker room today, um, they did the whole, we did the whole Wrestling Festivus celebration. We had the airing of grievances, we had the feats of strength, and uh, the pole did make an appearance. Oh. <laughs> so we may get to that, because we will actually be having one more episode before the uh, end of the year, uh, Carl. Um, it'll actually be on New Year's Eve, and we'll do our usual, we're, we're going to do our usual kind of best of, worst of, and, and whatnot. So I'm, after we record this episode, we'll be compiling that list, and then uh, give it our picks, and then we're going to do that again this year. And uh, cause I, I had a blast doing that last year, so we're going to be doing that again. Definitely, I did too. Yep. Okay, let's get to our first topic here, and this comes from AEW, Carl, and and this is kind of hinting at something that we had suggested kind of before the whole run of the company started, is that we were worried that, you know, certain people might start not being behind the scenes, but like doing stuff uh, in the ring and whatnot. But this is a bit of a different scenario, but essentially what happened here, the most recent... Um, Taping. Well, it's not a taping. It, it, AW Dynamite is done live. After the show went off the air, they decided to have a little fun. And this is when the internet exploded, as it usually does when this type of thing happens. Basically, Sean Spears is in the ring and a bunch of other people. And we most notably had Aubrey Edwards, the uh, referee, give Sean Spears a stunner. And we also had <laughs> one of the owners, Tony Khan, give Sean Spears a stunner. Now... This is the thing that has everybody kind of losing their minds or pissed off. Uh, oh, this is the stuff that WWE does and we criticize them for. This, is, this isn't being done during... I would have an issue with this if this is being done during the show, but this is afterwards, after the camera's all off. This is just to have some fun with the crowd. Is this kind of how you interpret it or is this something that bothers you? That's exactly how I interpret it. I mean, now, which was this on the latest episode? After they went off the air? Um, is when this happened. Yeah, yeah. Of, of the last episode of Correct. 2019, that one? Yep. 
Okay, so we ended that show. For those of you who haven't seen Dynamite, the last show of 2019, Mm -hmm. the Dark Order uh, made a presence, and there was just pandemonium chaos that ended um, with creepers all over the place at the end of Dynamite. That's how the show ended. Okay, so cool for those that are watching the program. Awesome, but do you think the fans really want to go home with just that at the end of a show? Right. So, they're, no, they're going to give them something that's on a, on a bit of a high note, on a bit of a positive, on a bit of a, uh, you know, funny, hilarious type of tone. They're going to do something cool to send everybody home with, give them something that they can talk about. Most of the time, this stuff that's done is talked about positively. Mm-hmm. For some reason or other, I don't understand why, but this is being looked at as very negative. Who cares? Okay, it's the same as Vince going out there after a show and, you know, having beers with Stone Cold and then, you know, Vince hitting whatever move on Stone Cold, mm-hmm. Stone Cold bouncing back up and giving him a stunner. It's it's the exact same thing. And it's interesting that you mentioned that, Carl, because when this episode was, was done, it was Wednesday, December 18th. Do you know what that date is? No, that tell me. is Stone Cold Steve Austin's birthday. So that has something to do with this as well, because we know Cody obviously knows the birthdays of his old WWE buddies. And this was a bit of a tribute, plus a little bit of fun for the crowd. That's what this whole thing was. And there we go. So they're paying homage to somebody. It's his birthday. You know, that's his move. Everything is good. Cool. All right. And I'm sure that Sean Spears was totally in on this. He knew what was going on, what was Absolutely, happening. Yeah. If he thought that this was going to be something that would be detrimental to himself or, you know, bad for the crowd or whatever, he would have put a stop to it because he has yeah. that type of mind for the business. He definitely does. For those of you who don't agree with me, too bad. Uh, <laughs> he has that mind for the business yeah. and he knows what's going to be good and what's not going to be good. If he had an issue with it, he would have said something, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I was personally cool with it. A couple of them that he took there were, it was very reminiscent of how The Rock used to take the Stone Cold Stunner, where basically like he would flip over and bounce off the, the ropes and stuff like that. I, I totally got flashbacks to that. I was perfectly cool with this. This is a, a cool way. If I was in the crowd, I would have uh, marked out, so to speak. Me as well. That yeah. would have been amazing <laughs> to see. Now, a little bit more with AEW. This is a little bit of negative stuff, and this is frankly not surprising we're starting to see more of this uh, in the wrestling community with uh, not only wrestlers but other personalities and whatnot uh, the young bucks have decided to delete their social media accounts specifically their twitter account uh, just because of all the negativity and the bs uh, for lack of a better term is going on they basically said you know we've had enough we're just going to just focus on the wrestling and and just try and filter out all the noise going on you know what? I I understand what they're doing and where they're coming from. And uh, I think the, the best word that I can use to describe this, mm-hmm. kayfabe. Mm-hmm. All right. So, yes, they've deleted this or they've disabled their Twitter account, whatever. Uh, you know, um, there was and, and I mean, it's. Oh, let me see here. It's not mentioned on the run. I'm going to mention it. Okay. okay. There's huge backlash going on for this creeper that was in the ring giving <laughs> yeah. shots to Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, that was rough. Or to yeah. Dustin Rhodes. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, so with all of that, sure, I can see them kind of going, yeah, we're going to back away from this and mm. we're just going to delete our Twitter and we can't even say anything about it now because, well, yep, our social media is gone. Other stars have gone out there. Even Dustin himself has, has gone out there and said, hey, if you want to learn how to you know, throw some punches, come to my school. I'll teach you. It's all <laughs> yeah. good, yeah. right? But I think, and and it was mentioned by Dustin, he's like, kayfabe is like where's the kayfabe in this Mm -hmm. and he was he was he was even like he's 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 ticked off he's very pissed off at what had happened yeah but he put a spin onto it that didn't make it a negative and he's really turned it more to a positive of hey Mm -hmm. where's kayfabe in all of this and uh yeah if you need to learn how to throw some punches come and talk to me whatever right so i i'm thinking that this is something that's going to be uh, a bigger picture type of deal with the young bucks and deleting their twitter i don't think that it was just all something that was done in haste and a uh oh we we can't deal with this crap anymore so we're gonna there i'm sure they have very thick skin they've they've grown up in the business with lots of people telling them they can't Mm -hmm. right so i think that that's just a kayfabe thing I'm hoping, anyways. But that's just my take. What do, what do you think, Joe? What, what's what's your thoughts on this whole Young Bucks deleting their Twitter accounts? I think it's a little bit of column A and it's a little bit of column B. I, I think that uh, this is definitely tying into to the the potential story that they're telling. And at, at, at the same time, too, the, these they're not the only guys that are they're the only people that are looking to distance themselves from social media. You know, even even myself, you know, with some of these wrestling groups and stuff that I'm in and uh, conversations that happen. It's to the point where I don't think I'm on the verge of deleting my account, but I think I'm very close to just becoming inactive and just kind of ignoring what's going on because Mark Tardmania is running wild, Carl. And it's very simple to do. All you have to do is don't (laughs) press that button on your phone that says Facebook, Mm -hmm. right? Like, don't yeah. push that button on your phone that says Facebook. Yeah. Don't hit the, uh, the icon on your desktop that says Facebook. Don't, you <laughs> yeah. know, whatever it is on your on your iMac or whatever you got there going on. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, just don't open up Facebook. Yeah. And then you're fine. And, you know, for social media purposes and for podcast purposes, you open it up on a Tuesday. Yep. Share everything out. Done. That's and That's all you have to do. But that's the the point that I've reached, and I'm I'm not the the only that uh, you know, even our own Michael Jargo has uh, basically said that coming in the new year that he's probably going to become very inactive on there and and just kind of be the communication just between uh, the HTM uh, podcast network and whatnot because yeah the, just the the stupidity with, with a lot of these wrestling fans uh, some of us are just we've gotten to that point where we, we've we've had enough we've had our fill now and I'm guessing that the unbucks. Like I said, it's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. This is probably part of the storyline at the same time, too. Uh, a lot of the negativity, they just got to the point where they were like, we'll just distance ourselves from this. And I, I definitely, I can see that. Um, yeah. I'm I'm hoping that it's only something that's more of a kayfabe. And, uh, like, I mean, because they're already kind of doing storyline stuff, you know, we're seeing Hangman Page kind of distancing himself a mm-hmm. little bit from you know the elites and then maybe this is something because we've seen going through and even on this last episode of uh dynamite where we saw the young bucks you know having a uh video package uh put out there saying hey 
we told you that we're going to be the very best and we haven't been, and mm-hmm. we're sorry, but we, we want to prove to you that we are. And then they went out there, had this, this great match on dynamite. Um, you know, <sighs> maybe not, you know, getting the win again, again, you know, but maybe hmm. that's a whole thing as well. Is there like, we have to distance ourselves from the social media maybe yeah. because, we have to rebuild ourselves so that we can be the number one, right? Maybe they're seeing it and, and trying to portray it as this is a distraction that we need to get rid of. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if this is a legit that they're frustrated or if this is just kayfabe. And, and honestly, that is what I love about this right now is that mm-hmm. I don't know. It's interesting in the, in the narrative that they're telling here. It's always all oh, the the Young Bucks. You know, they're one of the best tag teams in the world. It, it, if somebody has only been watching them in the AEW context, they they would probably not believe you because I mean, all they've done is lose and put over the rest of the talent. And I get that to do it to, to a certain extent, you know, with them being vi- uh, vice presidents and whatnot. But guys, you can win once in a while, and and I th- I think they need to win the title soon so they can maintain some relevance here because. Like I said, people that, that just know just the AEW narrative and not any of the Bullet Club stuff, the Ring of Honor, the New Japan, or the Independent stuff, they would think that these guys are jobbers. And I think that's exactly where all of this <laughs> is really coming from. If, if you know, if they kind of the next episode of being the elite put out out there onto YouTube, I, I think we may see them kind of explain the reasons why. And I think that we might even see that that you know, kind of what's running through my head might actually be. Yeah what's going on is that they're going to going to say on being the elite that, Hey, there is just, it's so distracting. We, we can't have that distraction because we have to be the number ones in this company and we need our focus to be on that instead of our social media. I'm glad you mentioned being the elite Carl, cause I'm going to, I'm going to give an, unpop, an unpopular opinion about this. I think that show needs to come off of YouTube and it needs to go on television. They need to make it, maybe make it the pre-show for AEW Dynamite or just a, a half-hour show that's aired on a television network because not everybody is watching this stuff on YouTube. Uh, they have a fair amount of views, but I can guarantee that a lot of their audience maybe isn't catching this. You're very right. I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Um, I think as well that if it was put out there as a half-hour pre-show on uh, TNT mm-hmm. and TSN in Canada, that... Um, more context would kind of be given to Absolutely. stuff that's happening on the show Absolutely. as well as quality of that show would yep. go up immensely because they would actually be able to have the support of the uh, film crew to be with them. There are some times where I'm watching uh, being the elite and, and like audio is just way off because yeah. I, I understand it. I know <laughs> yep. that they're like just using their cell phones or, and whatever, you know, or GoPro cameras and, and, and doing all of this. So it, I get that whole like vlog aspect type of look to it. But at the same time, if I can't hear and I have to turn my volume up to 30 to be able to hear and then the next segment, uh, I have to turn it down to 12 because it's too loud. Like, yeah, there's a little bit of a disconnect there that could be rectified Mm -hmm. with the camera crew. Yeah. And I mean, and just outside of the elite, a lot of the other talent uh, are on there too. The SCU guys, uh, even Mr. Michael Naka, 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 Nakazawa is on there. So yeah, uh, it's something that I think I would be totally cool with it essentially being a pre-show for Dynamite. I, I think that that would be a good angle. Me too. 
Okay, going from that to, uh, you had mentioned video packages here, something that uh, they, they've uh, started doing recently, and I don't know if you're digging it, but I've been digging it, and I'm talking with the, the Dark Horror and these video uh, vignette packages that they've been doing. It, it feels very, uh, what's the best way I can kind of describe it to, for people that might know? It, it almost feels like they're, it's almost like they're like running like this cult essentially. And they're trying to get like yep. everybody kind of into it. And it, it's pretty intriguing. And even during the show, they've been showing like join the dark com and stuff like that. Little subtle little hints and little breaks in the video. I, I'm digging what they're doing with this. hundred percent. I am too. Yeah. I mean, just showing join the dark com up on the screens and then, you know, like Jr and, and Shivani kind of going, what, yep. what, 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 it, what? No, it's <laughs> AEW.com or yep. shop AEW.com or JR's barbecue.com. Um, you know, like getting all their different plugs in there, but then circling it back to dark order. Join the dark order.com. Uh, what's very interesting with this as well is I saw on Facebook, we talked earlier about social media. Sometimes there's good stuff on social media. And this is one of those good things. I saw that somebody was at a football game. Um, and at this football game, mm-hmm. There was a paper that was up on one of the walls, and it simply said, are you feeling lonely? Join the Dark Order. And underneath it, it's kind of like those little, like if you put up an ad for something and like you got phone numbers and then you cut the piece, the pages so that it, you know, you can rip off the phone number. Mm -hmm. On that, it had jointhedarkorder.com written on there and people, you could like see that people had ripped some off already. (laughs) So just something like that already you can see the impact that it's making because it's at a football game of all places. And it wasn't even a Jacksonville Jaguars football game. It was a different football game (laughs) that had nothing to do with Jacksonville that had nothing to do with the Jaguars had nothing to do with the con family. Mm -hmm. It was just a wrestling fan was like, Hey, this would be cool. Put this up and people are taking it. They're taking the bait. It is amazing and then all these vignettes like you said they're killing it mm-hmm. i am so happy with it my only thing that i would like to add to it is i think to to really establish them as, as a main stable they need a top tier talent to be at the forefront of that and um th- this is a uh, kind of pulling from the um, most recent episode of uh, the hitting the marks for podcast with uh, rick and jargo and they had brought this up and they had mentioned a certain person um, and I, I would be inclined to agree, but I thought maybe, uh, kind of off the cuff here, had this discussion too, uh, who would you kind of bring in like a top tier AEW talent to maybe really be that forefront character for this group? So you're talking somebody that's already in AEW for this. Correct. Yeah. Dustin Rhodes. Dustin Rhodes. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I think, um, I'm going to agree with Jargo on this is I think it's going to be Kenny Omega. With the the way that they've been playing him and Paige off of each other, I think it's going to be Kenny. So yeah, Kenny Omega, Carl. What do you think? Uh, you think it's a good pick? Or uh, I mean, the the Dustin one is interesting too, because uh, he could play off Cody whatnot. I, I think Kenny would really give them some uh, real legitimacy, and then be like, oh, okay, now these guys are a really good to watch. It would kind of bring them into that next stratosphere. I you know what? I kind of agree with that. I think that that Kenny definitely would, but. Um... I mean, Kenny has has really been doing great things just on his own, and everybody knows him as just a singles competitor. So I think that just because of that reason, because everybody knows Kenny Omega as the singles person, to kind of put him at the forefront of of this group that um, really he wouldn't be the head of because we've got, like, 
the other two, right? We have the actual Dark Order yeah. that are the forefront of that group. And, and while I get that they're not, you know, like the, the big names uh, or anything like that, but like legitimately they're the forefront of that group, right? Mm-hmm. So Kenny Omega, I think, just might kind of be, you know, pushed to that third tier level, right? Um, it would have I mean, to Stu be Grayson and Evil Uno. Yeah. They're the Dark Order. Um, but I think if you were to take maybe somebody who, like Dustin, um, who you know is is singles competitor, but has done tag team, you know, and and he's 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 a little bit older, he's a little bit wiser, and he can really help that group flourish. Right. Because he can dedicate himself to that as opposed to somebody like a Kenny Omega, who is, you know, really trying to dedicate himself to the profession. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that that's kind of what I think. And, and then the only other person I can think of off the top of my head, I think, might even be um, Hangman Page because yep. he's been doing this whole, you know, like. I'm the, I'm the, you know, the loser in this group and blah, blah, blah. And he's kind of down on himself and he's, you know, saying, oh, I have to leave the elite and, you know, stuff like this. So if we then kind of put maybe Hangman Page, who did fight for the AEW championship and is kind yeah. of that big name, and now he's found a new family where he's put to the forefront, that might work as well. But, yeah, I mean... <laughs> Honestly, any any of the big names to be yeah. able to go into um, the Dark Order and be like a, a main name would be a good idea. It would have to be like an aggressive takeover of that leadership. That's how you would have to play an angle. I think it would work with either Kenny uh, or Paige. I think it would work better with Kenny. Uh, and just because he has that real notoriety even more than Paige does. So um, I'm, I'm thinking that that would be the move uh, with Dustin. It, it could be interesting, but uh, it, it, again, my pick I think would be Kenny. It would just be a matter of like, him aggressively coming in saying, I'm the leader of this group. And that's what I love about this business here of podcasting is that we can have our own opinions yes. and they all could be correct. Absolutely. So getting out of some AEW stuff here, Carl, let's talk about a little NXT here. I'm going to bump up a, a topic because uh, I think the, the following two topics tied together uh, better here. Uh, Rhea Ripley winning the Women's NXT Championship. Did you get a chance to watch that match at all? I did. It was uh, it, it was interesting. Uh, for, I thought the, the, the match was pretty good. Uh, definitely like the, the Rhea Ripley. Like watching Rhea Ripley in the ring, uh, Shane Baszler. You guys are well aware of that. I've never been a fan of uh, uh, of her, and I, I was glad that they finally took the title off her. To be perfectly honest with you, the celebration at the end I thought was a little much. I'm not sure what your thoughts on that are. I I honestly I can't speak to the celebration because mm. NXT ran over the two hour mark with yep. that celebration and my PBR did not record it. Damn it. So I got to see <laughs> Rhea Ripley win. I got to see her get the belt, hold it up in the ring, whatever. But yeah. that was it. Like mm-hmm. after that, the recording ended. So I didn't get to see really anything after that. I, I, I have seen photos where she was out in the crowd and honestly, she looked terrified. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's only one picture. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, you know, picture says a thousand words. I understand that. But I mean, that's only uh, one millisecond of reaction in that photo. Right. So explain to me and explain to our listeners yeah. about this celebration at the end. 
mean, a good portion of the crowd getting into the ring. I mean, the the crowd was full uh, with her there as well. And just it, it felt like they were really selling this as like it's this this big world earth changing moment. And I don't think it really was. I, I think a lot of people were kind of hoping for them to take the the title off of Shayna, even though that they're supposedly t- really pushing her as the, as the top tier. It just it felt really strange. And it felt like they they tried to do this like Daniel Bryan type of moment when it really wasn't there. So you're saying that fans actually were like hopping over the railings and getting into the ring with her? The ring was full of people with her. Wow. Yeah. I'm I'm going to have to see if I can like YouTube that or something. I'm I'm sure it's out there somewhere mm-hmm. and uh take a look at this. Yeah, they, um They may not have hopped over the rail, but I mean they they filtered them all into. They did like they did the down brand thing. Okay, yeah. so this was a planned. They filtered everybody through, let them in, let them From get into the see, ring. Yeah. Um, I've never been a fan of that, to no. be honest. That is not something that I have enjoyed. I mean, for somebody to get into a professional wrestling ring, mm-hmm. unless you're training yeah, or you're a worker, to me, that's something sacred. You do not belong in that professional wrestling ring. I have... Uh, Retired. I'm pretty much retired from my professional wrestling working career. Um, I still feel very awkward getting into a professional (laughs) wrestling ring now uh, that I'm not an actual worker any any longer. right? Right. So, I mean, to get in there and to cut a promo or, you know, to be kind of involved in 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 an angle or do a spot or something like that, totally different. But but I mean, for me, just while the rings being, you know, set up and then before you know people come in i'm not getting in into the ring and running ropes like i have to leave that for the for the other guys and and for them to get in there and do what they need to do i just feel awkward i guess uh getting into that ring but yeah i i've never been a big fan of that i i don't think i ever will be i don't think that fans need to get into the ring and, and and celebrate like that um during a professional wrestling match, if a fan gets into a ring, what are they doing? They're taking them out as quickly as they possibly can. So during a celebration, I think that they maybe should just keep them on the outside of the ring. Let the person who won or is being acclaimed for what they've done have that spot inside the the middle of the ring while everyone is surrounding the ring. For me, I think that's the best way to do it. No, I agree, and and there's only been a handful of times where this has happened. I think even in, in uh, ECW, I think at one point they had everybody in there, and I think the ring collapsed too. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure that was probably a plan, a uh, bit there, but um, yeah, it just it feels like it's uh, something that should be saved maybe for a very very rare occasion, and this just didn't feel like it deserved that to happen. So it felt kind of out of place and almost kind of forced. I, I get it; they want to have fan participation. But I mean, there's always a danger with that too. I mean, if we're not screening these people, there might be somebody in there with a knife that'll go and stab somebody. I mean, we don't know what what uh, people are thinking. Exactly. I mean, that's so. that's always a concern. Yeah. I mean, that's a concern when a professional wrestling match is going on, or even during during a break time where there's not nothing happening in the ring. If somebody tries to get into that ring during uh during showtime, they're pulling them out because they have no clue what their intentions are. Same thing if, if, you know, for a celebration, you have no clue what this person, with these people, you know, what their intentions are. 
again, just let the let the com- competitor that's inside the ring let them have their their time inside the ring. Let everyone else stay on the outside and celebrate with them that way. You know, start you know banging mm-hmm. like that, right? Yeah. Let them start banging sure. on the uh, on on the ring, um, and, and that'll show appreciation as opposed to everyone getting inside the ring. I totally agree. Now, somebody whose time is possibly coming again, I think that we may have gotten to the point now, Carl, uh, you may or may not agree with me. I think we need John Cena back. I really, really, I really, really think we need John Cena back. Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) are you sick? Oh, no, no. I'm perfect. Do you have the flu? I'm perfectly healthy. I mean, this man is probably still the, the most over person in the company. He still probably sells the most merch. Uh, or he's right up there probably with uh, the Fiend and whatnot. We need John Cena back to, to get some viewership going again and generate some interest because whenever Cena is one of those guys along with uh, Brock Lesnar, whenever he's on, people are watching. They, they I think they need to try and get John Cena back, um, maybe on a part-time basis at, at least. I, I totally get where you're coming from, um, but then the questions start to roll in. Um, how long do they keep him for? Um, you know, what, what's going to happen when numbers start dwindling again, are we going to have to fall back onto John Cena as opposed to the like 200 other employees that you have with the company? Um, right. Like that's, that's the biggest thing for me is you have, uh, combined with all the brands, you've got probably 200, um, actual workers within the company. And that's including everyone in the performance center that's training and stuff like that. So, like, how many times do we have to fall back onto John Cena or, you know, The Rock or Stone Cold or any of these people to get, you know, a good pop out of the crowd for a bit before it becomes, well, he's dead. Now what do we do? I think you need to approach this from a, from a couple of different ways. Yeah, you bring him back to get that pop for himself. But I think you need to bring him in and pair him up with something or somebody who they feel could possibly be this next really kind of. They need to build another real super superstar. I'm not just talking regular superstar or star. They need to build another super mega star, and they need to team up John Cena with whoever this person may may be and try and put them over with him. I don't who who that could possibly be. Uh, there's a handful of people that I can possibly think of, uh, maybe like an Adam Cole or something along those lines. But I think John Cena is, would be the guy to do this and to to put over that next uh, it guy to really be that face of the company. That's how I, I would go use him. Yeah, I totally get where you're coming from, but I mean, taking a look back over the years of these top tier mega people, right? Yeah. Hulk Hogan. Um, now I'm not going to say that he, you know, made himself, but like he, he just, he had that type of persona to be able to do something like that, yeah. to be able to get himself over, to be that megastar, uh, the rock, same thing, stone cold, same thing, right? John Cena, same thing. Like I understand, you know, like John Cena's real big come out was like ruthless aggression, Mm-hmm. Right. And then from there, kind of things started to build with him and, and he grew over time. And, and it really wasn't one single person that really, you know, led the march for John Cena, except for John Cena. Mm-hmm. So we, we need, you know, these workers that are out there now to step up and do that, they to can't. be that person that's going to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and 
I know that really it doesn't seem like there is anybody to do it, but yeah. I, and I don't know if it's just fear or if what it is, but yeah. like we really need somebody to do that to step up for themselves to do this instead of having to rely on someone else to first get them to that spot and then keep them there. Yeah, I, I, I think the the problem is is that there are probably a bunch of these guys that want to be that, but they can't because how they want to go about things. And I think I think I've said this before on this podcast is that Vince and the people in, in charge of the WWE they want to have everybody as similar as to each other as they can be, so that they can be interchangeable parts. So if somebody falls due to injury or sickness, or whatever, they can just swap them in uh, into that person in that role. If they have that one person that stands out too much, if something happens, they can't substitute anybody into that spot. That's why I, th- I think the bigger issue here is, and why we don't have any super mega stars anymore, is because they, they just they, they a I don't think that they know how to do it anymore, and b they they just they choose not to because they need everybody to be interchangeable, just because they need to do so many shows, so many appearances, and so many uh, pay per views, and the list goes on and on. Uh, I- I'm picking up what you're putting down. I, I get right. it. Because I guarantee you some of these guys, like like Kevin Owens, like Adam Cole, like uh, like Keith Lee, these guys, they, they want to be that guy, but I don't think that they're going to let them be that. That's very unfortunate. Yeah, it really, really is. But we'll see what happens. Maybe Cena could come in and save the day and help uh, get somebody over into that. But again, that would require the, the people in the places of power to allow that to happen. So we'll have to see, but uh, I think it's something that uh, they may have to explore, but we'll see. Um, Something they are looking at exploring and we have talked about this before and I've never been a fan of this idea, but we'll, we'll talk about it again here because maybe there's a way. And we're talking about Undertaker versus Sting. Uh, Both guys seem to want this to happen now. Now, first of all, Let's discuss the potential venue. Do you do this at WrestleMania or do you do this at uh, at um, Crown Jewel or Blood Money, whatever you want to call it? No, this this here definitely is a WrestleMania thing. Yeah. I mean, because you're looking the two darkest characters, I guess you could say, from WWE mm-hmm. and WCW finally getting that match up together, whether it's 20 years late or not people are going to gravitate towards that and they're going to want to see that. So you put that as, you know, a co-main event even, or, you know, third to last on the show. That's where your money's going to be. People Mm -hmm. are going to, you know, get the network or buy the pay-per-view or do whatever they can to see this. So definitely, I think that it's a WrestleMania matchup to have. I think if you're going to do that, I, th- I think uh, that's fine, but you need to keep it to, we're going to have both of them come in, do their entrances, and you have a little bit of stare down, kind of like uh, Hogan and Rock type-ish, and you have a very, very short match of where they, they hit their, their signature moves and their, their finisher moves, maybe even trade back and forth, and keep it to that. What has me concerned about it is if they do it at this year's WrestleMania, you damn well know who's going to get involved, right? Tell me. The NWO. Hogan and the NWO are are getting inducted. (laughs) They're going to get involved in this. And that's what scares me too. What they need to do is, like I said, just have them come in, do their entrances. They're both known for their amazing entrances. You can even go more over the top of them if you want. Have that stare down. Trade 
you know, some punches and stuff like that, do their signature moves, and then somebody hits their finisher, uh, or they trade back and forth like that. But I say keep it to 10 minutes at the most, at the most. Yeah, I totally agree with that. 10 minutes at the most is going to be, um, like I'm saying 10 minutes at the most in ring work time. Um, entrances are going to add probably another 10 minutes onto it. So Mm -hmm. then we're looking it's 20 minute, whatever. I'm cool with that to see the undertaker come down to the ring again. Um, taking five minutes to do that, have sting, have some elaborate entrance as well, because it's sting. Why not? Um, one of the greats in my mind, I've always been a, been a fan of Steve, uh, Steve Borden sting. Um, so yeah, like let them do it like that. I'm, I'm, I'm a hundred percent okay with that. Um, and then, yeah, 10 minutes at the most. I mean, we got to see The Undertaker do, you know, his different things. We have yeah. to see him walk the top rope. We have to, you know, or old school, they call it. We have to see him do old school. We Vintage have to see Undertaker. Do... <laughs> yeah, classic Undertaker yeah. stuff. Like, do we need to see a choke slam in there. And then we need to see, you know, Sting doing the Stinger Splash and the Scorpion Death Law or Death Drop and then the Scorpion Death Lock. And, you know, we, we need to see those just to kind of make it worthwhile. And then I don't even care who comes out on top on this because, I mean, Undertaker's streak at WrestleMania has already been broken. Mm-hmm. So I don't care who comes out on top, if Sting does or if uh, Undertaker does. Um, I would figure that The Undertaker would, uh, you know, kind of come out on top with this because, um, you know, WWE bested WCW, bought them, purchased everything. They beat WCW. So we're going to have that continue on 20 years later with, you know, The Undertaker, WWE beating Sting, WCW. Yeah. Either way, I don't care. I think I, I would love to see it just for a nostalgia purpose. But to see like a half hour type of thing, no, definitely not. The only, th- the only catch there is is you're going to have to be careful of Sting. Right, we know that he went out due to a pretty severe neck injury, uh, so that limits what you can do with him. Yeah, no, definitely no buckle bombs. I mean, that's not an Undertaker's uh, arsenal move, anyways, and that rules out the Tombstone pile driver. Unfortunately, I, I think you got to stay clear from that from that move. Otherwise, you know, Sting might be paralyzed in the ring. I I agree. La- either last ride or uh, a, a choke slam. You finish that match with. You can't do a Tombstone with Sting anymore. If they no. if they do that. I give, I give you the blessing, <laughs> right? So, yeah, um, just don't do it. Don't go there. And for yeah. the love of God, if you're going to get Hogan and the NWO involved, uh, just have Hogan just standing there. Please don't have him get physical in the match because he'll die too. Right. <laughs> so, speaking of old guys, I just want to throw this out there for yes. everybody. Um, make sure that come January, uh, like probably January. Um, after January 20th at some point. For those of you who don't know, I'm going to be on the Jericho Cruise. Lucky bastard. They are going to be doing an episode of Dynamite (laughs) on the Jericho Cruise. Mm. Ric Flair is the host of honor for the Jericho Cruise. Ric Flair has been cleared by medical, by his doctors and other doctors, to take some bumps inside a professional wrestling ring wwe will not allow him to do so mm-hmm. but we might see flair make some sort of appearance on dynamite to take a bump or two so just watch it'll be interesting to see if aew allows him to since the wwe will not mm-hmm 
All right. Well, before we get to our, our last uh, few segments here, I, I want to go through some uh, breaking news. Um, uh, for those who kind of follow us around, you know that um, that we have some uh, some friends over on the Humming Media uh, Network over there, and there's a, a guy over there who uh, has a lot of kind of insider knowledge and, and has a lot of uh, experience. I'm talking about Mr. William Alcee, and I'm going to give him a shout for these uh, for these uh, rumors and topics that we'll just kind of hit through uh, quickly here. Uh, like we had mentioned, Undertaker and Sting likely to happen in 2020, which uh, likely means WrestleMania. Uh, John Cena looking at returning and possibly having another feud with Randy Orton. Um, rumored to be happening at WrestleMania this year, Brock Lesnar versus Tyson Fury. Um, Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch might also happen at WrestleMania this year. So um, Ronda might uh, be coming back. Uh, Kevin Owens may be the possible winner of the, uh, the Royal Rumble this year. I think that would be all right. And uh, there is also the rumor that CM Punk versus Seth Rollins could be happening in WrestleMania as well. So some uh, some interesting uh, rumors coming down the pipe, and uh, we'll see how many of them come true. Very much so, yes. And I mean, if we're if we're gonna do our breaking news stuff now, I have mm-hmm. a little bit of breaking news. It's a little bit older, but we haven't talked about it yet, and I mm-hmm. really want to. Um, and, and and especially you know within the professional wrestling business, we're 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 a family. We're a huge family, brothers Absolutely. and sisters all together. And um, there's somebody that that I have seen work uh, live that I have on social media that you know I I, I interact with, and her name is Jesse Bell Smothers, mm. um, or Jesse Bell. And and yeah. any of you that that follow like uh, Wow or um, you know any of those other promotions, she's out there and she's working. She's doing her best, but. She, she was actually given the, the last name Smothers by uh, her trainer and mentor, Tracy Smothers. And uh, fantastic guy, uh, amazing guy. If you have not seen anything that he's done, you can oh, YouTube yeah. Tracy Smothers and see a lot of the work that he has done. He is fantastic. a professional inside that ring and and an all-around great guy. And he, he's actually been diagnosed with cancer. And, uh, I mean... That big C word comes around again, unfortunately. And I mean, there's there's lots of different stuff that's out there on social media. If you if you know, I've posted a little bit as well. If you're following us on social media um, at TB Talk Pod on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And then even our friends over at uh, the HTM uh, podcast network and you know our friends over at the gorillaposition.com as well. They have done stuff, too. And uh, I mean, Go go and support if you guys can, like if you guys feel inclined to do so. There are, you know, there is a page I believe that is set up to kind of help him out with uh, um, monetary for the costs because he is in the states and everything is yeah. costing him. Uh, if you guys feel so inclined, go ahead and do that because Tracy is nothing but a professional and a great guy. And I mean, I I think I speak on behalf of Big Joe. Um, when I say this, but we wish him nothing but the best and a speedy recovery from all of this because we don't want to see another brother lost due to that C word. So, yeah, one of the really, really nice guys in the business too. Um, I, I think I've uh, spoken to him on social media one or not too. And uh, yeah, he's a, quite the individual and he's uh, helped a lot of people. So yeah, definitely uh, pulling for him and uh, hopefully that, uh, hopefully that works out. That's all I can say. Yes. So now we're not going to do our breaking news at the very end like we usually no. do. Joe, do you have any other breaking news for us at this time? Uh, not that I can think of. I'll uh, check briefly on one of my sources here and see if anything pops up uh, that, that stands out that I'm not aware of. But uh, I, I don't uh, believe that there is. Um, just waiting for the for things to come up here. 
Yeah, um, I think, I mean, just like little stuff. Jason Jordan um, what, what revealed Jason that his Jordan? wife is pregnant. Oh, good And, for, good um, for you know, Kurt Angle kind of responded to the news. Um, you know, just, just, uh, yeah. Nice, positive stuff, yeah. right? So, I mean, former WWE star Jason Jordan um, has had some rough time with injuries and stuff, and, and mm-hmm. his, his wife is, is pregnant. Uh, they have a baby girl coming. Um, Kurt Angle actually actually responded on, on Twitter. He says, congrats to my first son, Jason Jordan, on the great news that uh, he and his wife are having a baby girl. No offense, but I hope she looks like her mom and not like us, he says. So, pretty cool. Um, I think, you know, uh, Kurt Angle going out there, having a little bit of fun, keeping some kayfabe. Uh, he says, are you guys going to name her after me, Kurtina? <laughs> yeah. Just a suggestion. Regardless, I'm proud and uh, to be proud to be an expecting grandpa, he says. So, I mean, I think that that's pretty cool. That's just a little, a little bit of kayfabe still being kept in there. Um, other than that, I mean, I'm really not seeing too, too much um, mm-hmm. on – anything breaking news nothing that really hasn't been talked about before i guess okay i do have a couple of things that that stood out to me just scrolling through here uh, of course there is the the rumor that edge could be coming back for either royal rumble or wrestlemania or a combination of the two uh, on his social media he's completely denying it so read into that we will and we'll just that's one of those watch and see type of things uh, also a rumor match to be happening at royal rumble this is one that's completely out of left field for me. Uh, we're looking at uh, the Revival versus Harlem Heat. We're talking Booker T and his brother supposedly getting back together to having a match with the Revival. So if that's something that you want to see, then uh, we might have it. That's that's cool. I'd be yeah. okay with that. Yep. If, if Stevie can go, still go and if Booker can still go, then, yeah, they can uh, they can have a little bit of fun in there. Definitely. All right, Carl, before we do our showstopper segment for this week here, let's do our match of the week here. Um, I'll start off uh, this week here. Mine is going to probably seem like a strange one uh, to you. I haven't gotten to watch a ton of wrestling this week. I did uh, I didn't get to watch any WWE. I did watch some Ring of Honor and uh, some AEW uh, this past week. And uh, mine is actually going to come from Ring of Honor, and it's actually from their most recent episode, which was actually kind of like a best-of compilation. And uh, I'm talking about Bandito versus Shane Taylor for the ROH Television Championship that happened earlier this year. And a fantastic match between those two guys, a very contrasting styles, and just a great example of how Shane Taylor can uh, basically work with any style of wrestler out there, uh, big or small. Uh, he makes them look good, and he makes himself look good at the same time. Uh, he did retain the title against Bandito there, and uh, just a fantastic match if you want to go back and watch it. Definitely. Shane Taylor is one of those names that you yeah. really need to watch for because he is going to be household and going places. Yeah, he supposedly uh, was backstage or met with some of the AEW guys in this past uh, little while, so read into that what you will. Speaking of AEW, my pick comes from AEW Dynamite this past week, and I, I'm i choosing this because I'm giving huge props to this guy here. So Jungle Boy lasted Ooh. 10 minutes with Chris Jericho inside of the ring. Um, non-title matchup, just to see if he could go the 10 minutes, and he did. I was pleasantly surprised with everything that came from this match. Jungle Boy really showing that uh, even even the smaller size that's on him, he can really go with the big guys as well. And it was just 
a, a good match to watch. I was very happy with it. And then at the end of things, like he he was literally in for about ninety seconds yeah. inside the lion lion tamer, <laughs> and like he just withstood it and everything, and like. It didn't even get to the ropes and nothing like that. Time ran out before he could get to the ropes or even tap out. Everything was just spot on from what I could see with this match. I was invested so much that I was sitting on the edge of my seat, literally (laughs) sitting on the edge of my seat going, okay, okay, like it's there's 30 seconds left. What's going to happen? Okay, there's 10 seconds. Oh, 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 oh my God. (laughs) He lasted. And then. You know, the typical heel thing coming yes. from Jericho, right? Yeah. Where he, he's like, no, five more minutes, five more minutes, gets in there for like another minute and a half and then just leaves. Um, Jesus. So, yep. yeah, very, very awesome to see. I was super happy with just everything that happened in that match. Yep. I mean, Jericho did his thing, uh, made Jungle Boy look like a million bucks. And Jericho managed to keep the heat on himself uh, with that uh and yeah, so just a, a win all the way around. I mean, uh, makes Jungle Boy look like that. Uh, that you get that sympathetic uh, baby face, and then you have the the bastard Jericho. Uh, you know, ending it off that way by asking for five more minutes and just grabbing the title, and leaving. So uh, props for that. That that was good. I enjoyed that one too. Me too. All right, Carl, we're going to take a brief break here, break, and we're going to come back with our showstopper segment this week. And this is a bit of an interesting one here, kind of a theoretical. What uh, basically it's going to be here is, what if WWE was the only wrestling promotion on TV? We'll be right back. This week's episode is brought to you by Collar and Elbow. Visit CollarandElbowBrand.com where you can get an additional 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout. Including this week's featured item, the Mirror Pullover Hoodie. Alright guys, Big Joe and Carl Careful back here on Turnbuckle Talk. Yes we are guys and... We have for you on your Christmas Eve edition mm-hmm. of Turnbuckle Talk, our show stopper segment. Yes. Uh, an interesting one here this week, Carl. This is a theoretical one that I kind of thought out uh, as I usually am when I'm uh, doing up our runs here to try and think of these showstopper segments. I try and compose some original ideas here. Now, we know that uh, the WWE does tend to kind of operate like they are the only show in town, that they, only, they are the only show on TV and the only one that matters. What if that was literally the case? What if WWE was the only wrestling promotion being show on TV? Given the current state of their product, the, 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 that would remain unchanged, but that they were the only show on TV, would their viewership numbers be higher? What do you think? So now we, we have I have to ask and I have to include in here, does that mean that we're not seeing anything on YouTube or anything like that? That we literally that there is no other professional wrestling except the WWE? I'm talking just on, on television. Uh, televised, just on television. Correct, yeah. No. No. I don't think that we would see an increase in their viewership or that their numbers would be better or anything like that, especially if we if we have the availability to watch other professional wrestling. Um, I think we, we, we kind of saw that a little bit before we started seeing, you know, like AEW coming in and being this huge thing. Um, you know, Ring of Honor, for me at least, airs at like midnight or 1 a.m. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I'm not up at that time to be able to see it. And if I am, I'm working. So I still can't see it. So it's something that's recorded for me. So 
it's not like my numbers of watching things live are really making any type of a difference in, in that aspect. Um, I mean, I know it does a little bit because of the PBR number and stuff like that, mm. but, um, for a while, honestly, all I had was the WWE on my TV. Yeah. And even I stopped kind of watching WWE and was going to YouTube and going to, you know, the other sites to be able to watch other professional wrestling. Yeah, because it would be some pretty dark days if WWE was the only wrestling on cable television. Because, I mean, that would mean that Ring of Honor, New Japan, AEW, um, all those other promotions out there, AAA, anyone's that are showed on TV, if they were all gone, and this was all that we had to uh, watch and talk about, oh boy. (laughs) We would have some rough uh, episodes of Turnbuckle Talk, let's just put it that way. We would have rough episodes yeah. and we would have such a hard time because the <laughs> market would be so saturated. It would just be all be hate. You know, at least with some of these other companies, you know, like AEW, there's some positivity and stuff coming out. It just it seems like the the whole landscape of WWE is just so negative. And it, it really is another reason why I just personally for myself, why I just choose not to watch it. Because there's just there's so much more positive wrestling stuff out there that... I, I really got to the point, it's like, why put myself through the negativity if I really don't need to? I, I, I can just go into YouTube and I can watch a highlight package or a low light package, uh, depending on what episode it is, and just kind of get the gist of what's going on. But I mean, to sit down, and I mean, this most recent episode of Raw that they did, they, they actually filmed two episodes right back to back at the same location. So I think they had those people there probably for eight, like eight hours. Uh, just imagine being a part of that and sitting through all that mess. I mean, I feel sorry for those people, but... Uh, yeah, just uh, it would be, it would be quite the uh, thing if that was all that we had to to put up with. Definitely, it would be. I don't think that it would uh, <laughs> help at all. I would probably give up as a wrestling fan to be honest. If that was if this was only the only kind of viable option for me to watch, I probably would have gotten sick of wrestling. Honestly, if there weren't these other better or, or seemingly uh, you know more entertaining options. I, I fully agree. I, I definitely, even myself, I think that I would just, uh, I don't know that I would be a fan of professional wrestling anymore. Yeah. And, and especially with, uh, with, uh, AEW and with Cody, especially, I think he's really kind of uh, ignited for lack of a better term, uh, the interest from the fans, you know, with the uh, all in and the all out shows in, in Chicago. I mean, just the, the way that when he comes out and just the way that he gets the crowd involved, you can tell he's really rejuvenated interest back in the, uh, in the audience again. And, and, and back briefly on that, uh, coming up in February, they're, uh, doing their revolution, uh, paper and they're going back to, to Chicago again. And believe it or not, they've actually been getting some, some negative press and some hate over this. Oh, you guys are going back to Chicago again. How come? That's like their second home. That's where all in happened. That's one of their, their, their marquee, uh, audiences. And they know that they, they do extremely well there. So why not go back there? That's like, uh, that's like the WWE is going to Florida. They they know that they, they have a great audience there. So yeah, why not? As much as I kind of dislike them always going to the same place. If that's where your moneymaker is, that's where you go. (laughs) Exactly. You hit it right there. If that's where people are going, if that's where you're, you know, you're going to make your best amount of money, then why, why not run in Chicago as opposed to running in, let's say San Antonio, Texas, where, you know, you might not get the same numbers. If you know that guaranteed you're going to be getting these numbers in Chicago, then yeah, like why would you not go back there as opposed to going to somewhere else? Mm-hmm. Like going somewhere else, 
those are your house shows. Those those are the the, the times to go and see how the market is. That's not the time to be putting a major pay-per-view for the company uh, out there into a, a new market when you have no idea how things are going to play out. Yeah. If you have a guaranteed, go with the guarantee. Yeah. And just briefly before we wrap here, Carl, just another th- thing that uh, is bugging me about uh, WWE currently that I want to bring up here is that this um, sexualizing of the of the female uh, wrestlers and, and two namely that I feel that they, they are really misstepping with. And that was uh, Alexa Bliss and uh, currently with Liv Morgan. They're really sexualizing um these girls when that's totally not in their character to do so. And you can tell that, uh, yeah, they're doing it because they, they kind of have to, but you can tell that there's a discomfort there. And, uh, for me, it comes through on screen. It may not for everybody. Cause I mean, everybody's just looking at what's going on and I get that. Um, you know, cause they're, they're both very, very attractive women, but this over sexualizing ones that were, it's just not really in their character for me, just, it's, uh, it's another thing that turns me off. I, I totally get what you're saying there. I mean, Alexa Bliss, uh, everybody knows that I am a huge Alexa Bliss fan. Um, probably one of my favorites, uh, favorite females yeah. in the world of professional wrestling right now. Um, yeah, like we've seen her do different things. We've seen her do other things. We've seen her do the uh, over-sexualized stuff as well. So, yeah. I mean, we, we can kind of see and, and notice that the over-sexualized stuff really is not the best for her. But, you know, other things yeah. definitely work. Um, when it comes to Liv Morgan right now, though, I don't think we've really seen any over-sexualized with her mm-hmm. because she's really been just just kind of that that background member of the Riot Squad um, just kind of playing that role, you know, eating the jolly blue Jolly Ranchers, having the blue tongue. Okay, cool. Like that's really all that we've seen mm. from her, right? Uh, and and Joe's kind of pointing, yeah. going, no, no, no. But I mean, yeah. I know I kind of know where you're going and what you what you're thinking. But it, it it's not a mainstream that's really been put out there with Liv Morgan um, up until now where they're trying this new over-sexualized stuff with her um, that I can really recall anyways. I know that, you know, uh, you know, previously and, you know, like a little bit of, you know, some NXT stuff and and whatever, like there was, you know, that over-sexualization of Mm -hmm. Liv Morgan, but um, it wasn't anything that was mainstream television that we really saw it. So I think that this is something that they're really going to, to, to kind of try. And who knows, Liv may have grown more um, from her time when that was first tried to now. Maybe she, she maybe this is something that she said, let's give this a go because I'm in a rut. Yeah. Right. We have no clue on that. But yeah. some people it works with yeah. others. It doesn't. Well, I mean, just recently, I think it may have been either this week or last week, they had her uh, naked in the tub um, on television. Uh, they had her uh, with the, the one guy from Heavy Machinery. Like, she was wearing, a, like, really, this really, really tight thing. And, um, like, he was all sweaty. And then they, the, the camera, like, zoomed right on her on her boobs uh, that had, like, his sweat and everything all over it. So the, they're really, really trying to over-sexualize her. And I'm not a fan of, of it because I, I don't think that's in her character. And I, I definitely see where you're where yeah. you're coming from with this. And uh, Not yeah, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, just I, I think time is going to tell. And we're yeah. going to have to just kind of kind of sit mm. back and, and see how this plays out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because when yeah. I look at her, yeah. I, I just I see like this, this like this little punk or groupie kind of chick. Uh, she doesn't need to be like this uh, um, bombshell type of character. I mean, that's what you have Lana and um, and 
the smoke show for her, Scarlett Bordeaux. Yeah, Scarlett. So I'm, sure yeah. That, I'm sure Vince is drooling all over her, and he's they're going to get her on television as soon as possible. Uh, just keep it to her and Lana. The other girls, just uh, let them kind of be who they are. And um, and don't push it. I mean, this isn't the attitude area again. We don't need to. Basically, it's like they're trying to make live into like a shorter sable. This is basically what they're going mm-hmm. for now, and um, it doesn't work with her. Again, unfortunately, they, you know, views and opinions differ when it comes to this type of stuff. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of glad you brought that up, considering that uh, everybody on the podcast knows that you're really a guy that. Uh, you know, you're you're a, you're a heterosexual male who yes, enjoys watching these types of things. I do. Um, and and it's interesting to see that you know this is coming across as you saying yeah. I'm not really a fan of it. So yeah. um, see see people, you know it, it, it's not all all about sex. <laughs> not always. Sometimes, not all the time. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I think that about wraps up for this week. Uh, we already did some breaking news, so there's uh, there's plenty going on. Lots of speculation as we're getting close to our Royal Rumble and WrestleMania season, which is a good thing. And hopefully some of the stuff comes true, and hopefully there's some stuff that we don't see coming that will actually happen. So I'm hoping to be surprised this season, although with WrestleMania and Royal Rumble, my expectations are pretty low, as you might expect. Yeah, understandable. <laughs> okay, well, I guess that about wraps it up, and we'll see you guys on the next one. And instead of the normal reply Mm. that I would give at this time, I'm going to go a little bit deeper for a quick second here. And on behalf of Big Joe and myself and everybody here at Turnbuckle Talk, we want to wish all of you a happy Festivus. Yes. A happy Kwanzaa. um, Dwali. Merry Christmas. Whatever it is that you celebrate, have a great holiday, people. We love you. We thank you for the continued support that you guys give us. And we're going into another year here, people. So amazing stuff that you're going to keep getting from us here, from Big Joe and myself, Carl Carafel here at Turnbuckle Talk. Thank you for everything. Have a great holiday. And we will talk to you guys at New Year. It's me, it's me. It's an honor to be the beat. As you can tell in the background, we are out celebrating. That is what we do here at HittingTheMarks.com. And I invite everyone to continue to tune in to Turnbuckle Talk, but check out all of our other shows. We have content, especially led up by the flagship show, Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. You can find that all at HittingTheMarks.com. Run. Right.